Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Uh, is becoming more interesting, I think, for more younger Singaporeans, which is taking time to get out and really see the world, to backpack, to really not just take a quick trip, but to go and live other places or spend an extended period of time. And, and I, I don't think it's overstating it to see that probably this generation is doing it more than previous generations yep. and are seeing the value in it. Let's talk about, specifically about uh, uh, one young Singaporean, Amira Ramat. She was uh, decided to do a working holiday in Australia, and she is joining us now to talk about that experience along with Brent Anderson, the regional general manager of Tourism Australia. Great to have both of you on Money FM Saturday mornings. And Amira, let's start with you. You were you decided you needed to get out and try something different. You thought, you know what, I'm going to go to Australia, leave your nine to you know nine to five job or whatever. I think you were a student at the time. Tell us about your experience of taking off. First of all, why did you decide to go on an extended backpack holiday? Yeah, for me actually, I decided to go for a backpack holiday, and I chose Australia because I just wanted to you know uh, be away from the normal conventional route where you know. Most of my friends usually just when they graduate from school, they go straight away to a normal career job and then climb the career ladder. I mean, that is perfectly a great goal. But for me, I wanted to go somewhere more unconventional. So I chose Australia because it shares, you know, the best of both worlds, Australia's diversity of destinations and experiences, making one of the most unique destinations, in my opinion. Mm. Plus, really, like the world is really your oyster. So from farms to national parks to beautiful coastlines to visiting the Great Barrier Reef, a working holiday in Australia made me feel like I was uh, in a permanent holiday mode. <laughs> but also finding different ways to you know earn money and gain experiences along the way. But just to follow up on that, Amira, before we mm. bring in Brent, you know, let's be honest, mm. we're a first world nation in Singapore. I call us the 7-Eleven of the world. Everything is convenient. We're open 24-7. Everything is accessible and nearby. It's the 7-Eleven of the world. We, we're spoiled, basically, Amira. We're spoiled. Yeah. And then when you get to Australia, you get your hands dirty, you get in the farms, you're fruit picking, you're doing this, you're doing that. It opens up Singaporeans to a whole new experience of life, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like if I didn't go to Australia for a working holiday, I would never have the experience to really immerse myself in like working in a blueberry farm, hmm. um, having the opportunity to have slow travel. All these things I won't be able to experience if I just go there as a leisure tourist for you know a couple of days. So being there permanently for like one year extended period yeah. have opened like various experiences to you know. Uh, visit different places uh, where I wouldn't have visited if I'm just a normal tourist, like all those off-beaten paths, mm. as well as the smaller um, states, as well as uh, the smaller towns. So yeah, it really it was a great experience when I was there. Amira, you you spent a year on, on your working holiday. You worked at a farm, a cafe, an animal sanctuary. First of all, how old were you when you did this working holiday? Did you did you leave a job to do this or was it just straight out of school? How, how did it work in terms of your life? I was actually working in a normal job, a 95 mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And then when the visa, the working holiday visa came out, I was like, okay, I have to do this because it's like now or never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to, how, know, old, just... how old were you, if you don't mind my asking, when you when you did yeah, this? I was, I was 25 when 25. I applied okay. for it and I was 26 when I went there. Got it. Got brilliant, it. brilliant. And let's bring in uh, Brent Anderson, the Regional General Manager for South and Southeast Asia for Tourism Australia. Uh, Brent, good morning to you. And, and how, how many 
people from abroad are coming in and doing working holidays. Do you have any, any numbers or any idea of what the numbers look like uh, for Australia? Um, from Singapore, there's about two and a half thousand a year. And good morning, sorry. Um, yeah, good morning. The worldwide is around a sixty thousand uh, current active uh, holders of the visa, which allows them to work and live and experience Australia for up to twelve months. Wow! So, so well two two and a half thousand Singaporeans. Great. Yeah, in Singapore, it, it's quite a uh, challenging thing to get the visas because every time they issue the, the blocks of them, they, they're pretty much gone within 30 minutes. Uh, oh, wow. So, Honestly, uh, there's a lot of demand there. Yeah. That, that really pleases me, Brent. I had no idea <laughs> about that. Life. I mean, I, I lived in Australia for five years. I'm a massive supporter of this kind of working visa, this yeah. kind of working holiday. I think it should be almost compulsory, particularly for Singaporeans. I mean, just for the benefit of listeners, particularly parents, perhaps young adults who are listening, give us an idea of what that working holiday may look like in Australia. Um, it's really focused towards uh, three key industries, tourism, agriculture and hospitality. And Amira's ticked all those boxes for us. I actually remember when Amira, we did a press conference uh, when she first got granted her visa and she was so excited to be going to uh, hopefully work at a wildlife park. So she managed to work at two there. We caught up yesterday and found out. Hmm. Um, it's, you know, in, in terms of parents worrying about their kids, uh, Australia's employment laws are really really strict. There's a, a strong enforcement of minimum wage and strong penalties for not that. Um, working conditions, depending on where you are, can vary, etc. But there's a very strong workplace health and safety uh, requirement in all of the states of Australia as well. And just in terms of the, the experience of meeting other people, there's a lot of nationalities who will go and do these jobs. So I'm sure Mira worked with uh, multiple nationalities in her various jobs there as well. And it's very much those people-to-people links, you know, that experience of Australia's lifestyle and culture, yeah. um, the side benefit of doing it in tourism places if you're in the tourism industry. Um, that's you know, soft, a, that's sort of soft power. Yeah. yeah. And it just, you know, you get to go out on the reef, you know, what are you going to do for your weekend? Oh, I'll go out on the Great Barrier Reef for a quick <laughs> snorkel. That's pretty, yeah. You know, Brett, when yeah. I was uh, when I was uh, living in Los Angeles back in the eighties, I, I had a, a small group of Australian friends who were doing the same thing in the U.S. Right? Mm-hmm. They had left uh, and had a, a working. I, I forget what the visa was called at the time, but it was basically the equivalent of what you're doing, like working holiday, I think visa or something like that. And I just remember, you know, for for a young guy who had never met any Australians before uh, in my in my early twenties, it was just it was so great to sit around. You know, have a beer with these guys. They introduced me to the, you know, the the Foster's oil can, uh, you know, back in the day, which I know a, a lot of Australians uh, don't like, but for for different reasons. But you know, it, it was just simple things like that. Um, and of course, Mad Max, the movie was coming out, and and all these things. And and when you look at the impact that these sixty thousand or so working holiday folks have in Australia, how does it how does it benefit? Australian society, you talked a little bit about it a moment ago, but, um, you know, to really have that sort of inflow of new people, new ideas, new cultures, is, is it something that most Australians really like or are some kind of wary of it because it maybe it's taking jobs from Australians or whatever? How, how does that look, look culturally to you? I think it's generally accepted really well in Australia. It's also, you know, some of the things like brew, blueberry harvesting, like Amira did, their seasonal jobs, et cetera, and just finding enough people who are willing to do seasonal work. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, you really do follow uh, winter months. A lot of people go up north into the Cairns area because it's a beautiful time to visit and then the southern states. Um, so 
I think it's generally well accepted. It's definitely a huge issue for like Singapore, you know, getting staff in hospitality and tourism right now as we recover from the pandemic is a, a pretty big issue. And these people come in and work. Uh, they, there's a bit of a joke in Australia. The, the roadworks lollipop people are controlled by the Irish uh, working holiday makers. And you know, it's not some dude with a miserable face. It's a smiling Irish uh, backpacker waving at you. So everyone slows down and follows the traffic laws uh, direction. So there's a whole myriad of jobs um, out yeah. there but it's quite you know an urban myth around it's controlled by the irish backpackers in australia for lollipop ladies yeah mm, it's great it's great i mean as i say i lived there for five years and you know the, the amount of this idea that you know australia is this monocultural block is just not true sure. you meet people from all walks of life doing all kinds of jobs because of this working visa i think it's a wonderful thing amira back to you for a second what what kind of skills do you think or life experiences did you have that helped you when you came back to Singapore to then pursue whatever career you you subsequently went on? Hmm. Actually, when I was in Australia, I did like a variety of work. So when I came back to Singapore, it really taught me how to be more flexible. It taught me how to have an open mind whenever I go for like, you know, new jobs or new experiences. And also like having the experience of uh, being like location independent, I was hmm. able to like move around to different states throughout the year. I think like, you know, it's always important for us to keep an open mind whenever we go for uh, new new jobs or meeting new people as well. So I think it also yeah. taught me some life skills where, you know, um, things can happen anytime. So I just have to adapt accordingly. Yeah. Did it also, yeah. just to follow up on that, did it also change your perspective a little bit? Because I still laugh mm. even to this day when S- Singaporeans who haven't travelled say, wow, so far, if they're just going to Sentosa. <laughs> no, you know, I used to drive nine hours to go and see my auntie in Adelaide. So, you know, did your perspective change about Singapore and the world generally? I think my perspective definitely changed, like, for um, based on, like, the conventional career structures. For example, I've seen like, you know, all my peers and a lot of the new graduates, they strive to climb up the corporate ladder and achieve management positions. That's a great goal. But at the same time, there's more and more opportunities to go unconventional path for roots. And I think like in the past, since the pandemic, there's also a rapid shift to also remote work. And mm. it's also been a trend impacting how Singaporeans work in general. So mm. when I was also in Australia, I met a lot of different kind of people from all over the world and also made friends with people who are digital nomads. So it's been an eye-opening experience because they can just work from anywhere around the world um, as long as they have internet and a good technology. Yeah, it's made you flexible, resourceful, independent. These are great skills. Awesome. We're talking with Amira Ramat, a Singaporean backpacker and and a working holiday, formerly a working holiday uh, person in Australia, and Brent Anderson, the Regional General Manager for Tourism Australia. Uh, Amira, as a a Muslim woman, did you, did your family have any concerns about you doing a year away? Did you have any challenges when you were in Australia? Um, you know, talk to us about that cultural, kind of hitting that cultural uh, barrier, if you will, uh, going to Australia. Actually, I'm very, very thankful that my family and my, you know, uh, family members and friends were actually very supportive of me going to another country, living on my own. Because honestly, when I went to Australia, I went there alone. I wanted to, you know, mm. get out of my comfort zone, just push myself um, and Extraordinary. You know, just learn, <laughs> learn more about myself. So everything I did um, on my own, as well as some resources from friends and whatever is on the internet. So yeah, I think there were a few challenges because um, being a Muslim woman, sometimes I might face discrimination, but so far, honestly, I feel like Australians were very welcoming. I didn't face any 
particular incidents that made me um, scared or feel unsafe. Also, I, I also like, how do I say, um, I did take steps to, you know, avoid troubles. Sure. So I don't, I don't usually go out late at night to the streets or if I have to, I'll be with a friend. So I make sure that I'm always safe and yeah, yeah that's how I manage to navigate my life there as well. Just travel safe, like, which is smart for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the scariest yeah. thing I saw in Australia was Geelong Cats fans after a defeat. Brent knows what I'm talking about. But uh, <laughs> bringing it back to you, Brent, uh, for a second. I mean, yeah, I can see, obviously, the best of both worlds element um, socially from Singaporean's perspective, economically from Australia's perspective. They're doing a lot of seasonal jobs for you. Moving forward... Will you maybe look at increasing those numbers? Is there a greater demand for these visas, I'm guessing, as you open up after the pandemic? Yeah, it, it's uh, very much a reciprocal relationship between Singapore. So Singapore has a cap for 500 Australians to come and do the same thing here. Oh, right. um, when we originally started, it was only 500 uh, places and it just increases. We monitor, we test, we make sure it's working appropriately. There's really strong uh, checking on any exploitation that could occur, etc. So uh, it, it is something that will grow. Um, at the moment, just you know, post-COVID, there's a 30% increase in, in the amounts just to help our industry recover and just encourage people to you know, turn into other mirrors and come back as advocates for the program and what they experienced and, and learnt and also what they taught Aussies as well. So and just to add to that, Brent, if I may, are there certain territories that are more popular than others or there's a greater demand in, say, Northern Territory than Queensland? How does it work? Um, if you look at where our tourism and agriculture and hospitality, so cities, hospitalities, cafes, restaurants, etc. there's lots of jobs down there at the moment. Mm. Um, I, would, I literally landed at 2am this morning back from Sydney and it was quite interesting walking around seeing as mm. recoveries there, just how many job ads are out there. Yeah. Um, and then in seasonal areas where the harvest uh, period for agriculture is etc um, tourism uh, centres and, and I think that's the, the benefit is when the peak season comes up there's a higher demand for staff and also in off peak seasons as well so there's a lot of jobs out there um, and you know, choose yeah. your own adventure. It's probably the best way of saying it. Brilliant. Brent, where can people find out more information about this program and when's the next intake uh, or when's the next visa uh, balloting period? Um, if you visit the immigration immi.gov.au uh, site uh, you can find just Google for uh, Working Holiday Maker Australia. There's a lot of links in there as well. Uh, the Singaporean specific, there's a couple of criteria that you need to have, um, language skills, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty simple. Um, I remember Mira was pretty excited and uh, when she was going through it and it wasn't an onerous process. There, there is a few checks and balances like we do with all countries for immigration. So. Yep. Yeah, it's easy to find. Uh, Amira, last word goes to you. What are you doing now? Is it something related to travel, to getting out in the world? Uh, How has this experience moved you forward uh, as, as, you know, in your work life and your personal life? Right now I'm, yes, traveling. I'm a full-time traveler because I'm a flight attendant. And at the same time, I'm a food and travel content creator on Instagram and TikTok. So all these things I've learned during my whole year in Australia, you know, there's opportunities where I can learn and earn at the same time even if I'm not at a particular location Mm. I've done like remote work throughout the year in Australia so I do also write about articles travel articles um you know visiting Australia maybe in a Muslim itinerary perspective or like you know top five places to visit when I'm in Sydney um you know these kind of things I do work on articles throughout my gap year so I think all these experiences during my year in Australia have shaped me to my career today. 
brilliant. Absolutely inspirational awesome. stuff. Learn and earn. I like that. Amira Ramat, thank you so much. Brent Anderson from Tourism Australia. Thanks to you both for coming thank on today. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.